Here come your Buffalo Sabres. What a feeling going into this Saturday, November 25th. This is Crossing Swords Podcast, where sometimes our signals do get crossed, but our swords always are. Sponsored by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case all 2023 long. So let's get into it, folks. Let's start talking. We got Gatesy ready to go, and we've got in turn Vinny Gents. I, I know we have breaking news, but let's just talk for the first minute here. What a feeling after that win last night. First time in almost, I think it was six years that the Sabres have come back two goals down heading into the third period at home. Yeah, I mean, this Sabres team, it felt like those first two periods, the season was done from everything we're reading online. Like this team was just dead. There's no life to them. And then somehow, some way, they pulled the Sabres. They came back. They somehow became a brand new team going into that third period. And that arena maniac, it looked like it was absolutely alive last night. Yeah, I think watching it, I got a chance to watch the latter half of the game. I had uh, been in the car and was listening to the first half on the radio, and it definitely sounded like there wasn't a lot of energy in there. Uh, when Skitter scored to bring us back within one, and then within like a five-and-a-half-minute period, we were now tied with them. Um, I was watching the game with the excitement that it felt like we were playing in February and March. And when Tuck scored, my dad and I literally yelled. And I had to remind him, like, hey, it's – well, we are watching a game in November. But it just goes to show how important these wins are early in the season for the Sabres. Seriously, these are confidence builders. I, I think we talked about it on our last show when we were talking about the things they were doing that showed that this was a different squad. Now, obviously, coming back from two goals down at home when you don't typically do that is something that you should. It's kind of like exercising their demons, Gatesy. They got to go through these trials and tribulations before they can kind of reach that next level, being a playoff contender and talking about being in the mix. And I think that game there and what they did last night shows that they do have this side of their game that they they kind of lost to start the season. You know, they can flip a switch and they can score goals when they want to. Grant, you are missing you know, your Tage Thompsons, your Jack Quinns in that, you know, that scoring outburst from the team. But, you know, these, I don't say auxiliary guys, but they showed up. The team found the back of the net when they really needed to in that third period to not only tie the game, you know, make make the game something for the fans, but to win it outright in the third period, I think is huge for this team. Find that scoring outburst, see what works for them. Because, you know, Nadelkovich made some really big saves for the Penguins in those first two periods. The Sabres really could not get the chances they really needed to. But in the third period, they just came out of the gate swinging, had a really good chance early on. And then from that point, that offense just kept humming and eventually just kept finding the back of the net. So I think this is big for the team going forward. And hopefully they continue that tonight uh, against the Devils. Yeah, I think it is impressive to see how, especially with these players out of the lineup, right? And I think, Gates, you touched on it a little bit, but with Quinn and Thompson not playing, I think the expectations still continue to be that this Sabres team needs to perform at the output that they did at the tail end of last year. And I think that's a little bit unrealistic. However, it's not completely ridiculous, especially considering that there are players that aren't producing like you want them to. For example, maybe Cousins and to a certain extent Middlestad, even though I think he still looks as good as he did at the tail end of the last season. So I'm, I'm a little, maybe not concerned is the right word, but I think there's definitely areas where the expectations are one thing, the reality is another thing. There's got to be a little bit of a middle ground where these two teams meet. Yeah. And hey, there's no middle ground right now, gents. I know we want to talk about last night. I know I want to bask in it at three goal third period, an amazing time when uh, Taro Sujimoto stopped the puck on the goal line there at the end for a great moment. But we have got breaking news on the Crossing Swords podcast here. Uh, Gatesy, tell me a little bit as we get the as we get the graphic pulled up. 
you know, as I was, I was waking up for this this live stream podcast this morning, checking the phone, it appears Isak Rosean will be the man called up from Rochester. We heard rumblings last night that the Sabres will call up someone from Rochester. I think a lot of us were hoping it would be Rosean or Kulik, these young guns who are tearing up the NHL. I think a lot of us, you know, in our heart of hearts thought it was going to be, you know, a, a Rusek or a guy that maybe not is not as fun, for, you know, for fans to see get their NHL debut and have some fun and maybe rejuvenate this offense a little bit more. But Isak Rosain appears to be the man. Um, very exciting. I I think this is the right call from the Sabres organization. I think they made a lot of those this week, keeping, you know, Ryan Johnson around, keeping Zach Benson around, calling up Isak Rosain. And these are things that are making this team better now and in the future. And I'm excited to see what he's going to look like in the NHL because he's taken some really big steps for Rochester this season. I think he's played in, what, 19 ga- or 16 games, has 19 points. Like he's doing very well. Had a big uh, overtime winner last night for the Amherst. So very excited to see him get his NHL debut. Um, I will say I, I am a bit surprised that it seems again like, at least in certain scenarios, that it, the Sabres might be looking over Kulik maybe a little bit um, because they do have almost identical points numbers. Rosane kind of mm-hmm. took the lead on Kulik after last night's overtime winner, but um, I, I think it was a bit surprising for some people who, when they heard last night that, oh, with Gergensen's out, they're going to be calling up another player. I think everybody automatically assumed, well, it better be Kulik or else you're making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And I think in this scenario, you probably didn't realize that Zane had as many points as he did. So numbers-wise, this is the correct you know, or expected move, if you will. And I think... You know, this is probably another type of player that you're going to want in your lineup that if he has success in the NHL, you know, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised, especially given the growth that we've seen from him through the last year and a half. Almost, yes. almost mute monstered myself there, but I was going to say the only thing I had to piggyback on after I heard from Gatesy was exactly what you said, Vinny. Very surprised that this isn't Kulik. He's been the one, you know, I think we've been hearing a little bit more about it as far as I'm concerned. And again, I know I tend to be a little bit more of a tertiary, you know, head in the cloud Sabres fan. I'm not always in tune with what's going on in the 585, but yeah, surprised that this ends up being Rosen, but Gatesy doesn't seem like you are. Yeah. I mean, it's, it had to be one of the two for me to be happy. And I, I'm actually more excited that it is Rosane because Kulik has been the guy that has all the hype around him, you know, from Sabres fans. And Rosane's kind of been a guy that's flown under the radar a little bit just because of, you know, the star power that Rosane's pulled in from his rookie year last year. But Rosane's, I think, more than deserved it. And I think his game's going to suit really well in Buffalo for what the team needs right now. Like Rosane has got that incredible shot, which, I again, that, that I would like both of them up in Buffalo. I'll get that clear. But, um, if it's going to be one of the two, I think it's Rosane. I think it's going to be a fun um, choice for, you know, the Sabres organization to bring into Buffalo. Um, and I'm happy about it. Like, genuinely, I'm so ecstatic that they did this. They did not call up just, you know, a guy that's only going to be up for a game, just a career AHL guy. They brought up a kid who's going to bring some fun to this team, hopefully rejuvenate this offense a little bit more so it's a little bit more consistent. You'll see what Zach Benson's done. He's just been all over the ice every shift. So hopefully get another young guy in there and we can see what happens tonight. No, yeah, yes, I, 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 I completely agree with that. I don't even have any follow-up thoughts. Well done, Gatesy. And I want to say, talking about follow-up thoughts, we're getting ready for this show. We're like, oh, like let's you know speculate on what the moves are going to do. Of course, uh, you know it gets broken right before we go on the show. But I want to bring up another point because obviously we were talking about you know you said it, Gatesy. You want to see other guys called up here. Um, 
Where are you guys exactly on the 21 and 28 conundrum as I'm labeling it? Now, obviously, Ocposo scored last night. I think anyone who was tuning into their first Sabres game last night would probably say Ocposo is not the problem because he was skating around. He was having some scoring ops and stuff like that. Gergensen's was a little sloppy, fell in a corner on a crazy play. Uh, and again, you're not really getting much out of those guys in the year. Ocposo scored his first goal last night. So with that said, are you on team? Like we got to pull these guys down. We got to be, um, you know, kind of uh, platooning them in spots, things like that. Where do you fall on what we should do with 21 and 28? I mean, I think going into the summer, I was a big proponent of keeping these two guys in Buffalo because I, I'm a, a also a guy that thinks that fourth line role should be, you know, a little bit more physical guys that, you know, don't play a ton of minutes, but right now, I mean, excluding last night's game, those two looked like they were a step behind for most of the year. And then something clicked last night where they, I mean, they were the teams, they had the best scoring chance in the first period for the team. Most of the game, they were, you know, the kind of the guys driving offense, which I think kind of a problem if these two are your, your driving offense for the night but they looked they look good when they're out there and i think for right now let them ride i'd much rather again see some guys called up for that but i think that's just more of a oh it'd be fun to see these guys on the ice more often in buffalo compared to you know tearing up in rochester it's probably best for them to get a ton of minutes in rochester and not be you know fourth line guys here in buffalo but i think yeah if those i would love coolie crozan be up here full time but the Sabres forward lines right now are just the Wild West, just utter chaos. I feel like they're changing every single night. We've been running 11 forwards for the, the past week. Um, and I think it might be good for these kids to have some consistency in Rochester, not deal with all this wildness going on here. But what are your thoughts, Vinny? Yeah, I, I would say that I, I feel like there's not much the Sabres can do. And yeah. really, they, you know, Gergensen's, you obviously don't want him to be injured for a long time just for the sake of not wanting a guy to be injured. But I mean, it almost it, it almost helps you make decisions a little easier because you just let, have less players available, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think the team kind of handcuffed themselves a little bit going into this season. They they chose to bring back both of these players. One of them obviously was your captain, so it's not like you're just going to kind of kick your captain to the curb, right? But Gergensen's the longest tenured saber, so. I don't know, there's something there, I guess. There was also the feel-good vibe around Ocposo because I hate to say it out loud, you were going from 7 mil a year to what, like 750,000 or something, wasn't it? Not Or like 2 million? Yeah, you're not paying Ocposo nearly yeah. as much. So I think that was part of the feel-good vibe. But yeah, like you guys have said, you know, I think last year they did enough to instill like, yeah, keep these guys around. And now you're seeing like, well, our offense feels a little dead weight and it feels even more dead weight without Tage. I mean, those first 40 minutes last night, listen, I, I appreciate that they were able to give, you know, a second intermission speech and get the, get the troops rallied there. But my goodness, it was lethargic last night in the key bank library for those first 40 minutes. So yeah, at the end of the day, I want to put your feet to the fire here. Should 21 and 28 be playing 75% of the games past Jan 1, 2024. Oh, the, the feet are definitely a little warm on this fire right now. Um, I, uh, I, unfortunately, I think they will. I don't want them to necessarily, especially, you know, as the season goes on, who knows what we're going to see out of 21 and 28. Not last night was an anomaly or, Something clicked and they're, you know, going to be good from here on out and be that fourth line, you know, energy checking role that this team, I think, really needs a lot of times. And 
you know, you, you read one tweet about, you know, that sucker punch on Krebs from last night and the, the Sabres need goons. They need guys who can hit. And, you know, goon, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, but, you know, some guys who can throw the body around, get things physical, but also, you know, create offense like they did last night. If they can, can do that, hell, play them 100 games, 100% of the games from here on out. But, um, yeah, I think 75 is probably a good marker for that, and I'd actually be content with 75% of those two uh, for the rest of the season. I'm going to agree with that 75 number being a pretty good marker. Um, mm-hmm. and this is not going to happen, but I would love to see them mm-hmm. institute like a, which is ironic because this is like a terrible policy in the other league, but like an NBA type, like maintenance day policy. So like you're almost giving these guys just like rest days where they're not in the lineup, um, even though they're completely healthy. Now, obviously the NBA, it's a problem because like people are going there to watch like Kawhi Leonard play and then the guy's just not in the lineup because they just are like not wanting to get tired. And, and, and when show, Kawhi Leonard is in the lineup, Popovich is telling him not to boo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, and again, I'm not, and I'm also not condoning, you know, booing Kyrgyz and Opokso, especially because one of them is your captain. But I think on certain days, I know that the situation is a little different, but regardless, I think that that rest policy might be an interesting tactic going forward um, especially because you don't want a guy like a poster who's got an injury history as we get later in the season, as we get in the dog days of the NHL 82 game season, it gets hard to play all these games in a row. And I think it's maybe fair to give your captain some rest considering he's one of the more veteran guys in the lineup. And I think that also maybe solves a little bit of your problem of having somebody in the lineup who can't produce as much as they used to. I, I mean, the reality is just because it's just because of age. You know, it's it's not like they're doing so they're not putting enough work in. They put in a lot of work. It's just eventually, you know, your 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 body doesn't do the things you want it to do anymore. You just can't go as fast. If a poster was faster, I'm sure he'd be a lot more productive. But he physically can't be. So while that you know it's just a fault of age, it does mean you know maybe a little less time on the ice allows some other people, some faster people, to maybe get in the lineup. I agree. There's a lot of potential for the Sabres lineup. There's a lot of tinkering they can do. My end opinion here is, you know, I don't agree with everything that Donnie and Kevin have done, but I like the body of work. And for to steal a terrible term that Sabres Twitter is going to hate, I am going to trust the process here with Donnie and Kevin Adams. Uh, real quick before we get into our final topic, which of course will be UPL and the goalie situation moving forward. Uh, let's quickly review uh, a 30-second post-game interview last night given by Alex Tuck. You talked to us in pregame. You told us how much this city means to you. You did hear the boos, but how great was it to see a packed crowd in the third period start to get loud there in Buffalo? Oh, yeah. Obviously, we know there's some Penguins fans. They're not too far down the road, but I didn't hear much in the third period, so that was really good. Uh, probably heard some people yell from the end of their TVs as well. So, uh, you know what? It's not only got people in the crowd, you know, because it's not always a, the most uh, affordable, but it's really good to see how much support we have. And we're going to continue to get more and more because we're going to continue to win. I love- now, a lot there, a lot of teams speak, a lot of players speak, you know, great to win, you know, heard them. I'm sure they weren't booing when we came back, you know, very like Alex Huck gave Sabres fan every reason. But the thing he threw in there, not always the most affordable, which has been a talking point with Sabres fans. You're looking on, you know, a Tuesday, a Thursday night. Some, you know, families don't want to pay 50 to $70 a ticket to take their family of four to a Sabres game and potentially see a 4-2 loss, a 5-2 loss. Again, not to be a hoity-toity fan, but... 
yeah, I mean, given the same team. Now, I will say last night they did have discount $20 tickets on sale. They said to reach out to the to the ticket office. Tickets through January 14th for select games were $20 and they were available. So I do give the team credit there. But what do you think about Alex Tuck kind of voicing up, like given kind of given the fans an excuse for not being in the arena as much early in the season? I, I love that play from Tuck. I mean, I think it's very rare that you do see players, you know, talk about these kind of things and, you know, seem relatable on them as well as they're making millions and millions of dollars. I think Tuck, you know, as a Western New York kid growing up, Sabres fan, like he knows what this arena can be when you have a full, you know, sold out crowd. Um, and even when it's not like last night, Maniac looked like it was raucous in there with, you know, as still a good crowd, but not, you know, sold out one. And I think, you know, having this affordable option where you can, you know, really pack the key bank center, make it fun and give the Sabres that, you know, home ice advantage, I, I think is so important. And, you know, not only uh, making things better now, but also garnering more Sabres fans, making, you know, the buzz around the team a bit more. And I, I love that play from talking. He just seems like a guy that just is, I don't say on the pulse of, you know, what Buffalo cares about, you know, but he, I think he gets it a little bit. He, there's something about him that, that Western New York blood. He's uh he's got it. What about you, uh, Vinny? What do you think? Yeah, I am not convinced he did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. I think he may have been, and I think that's maybe the obvious thing, right? Is like I, I, he probably is going to go back and in the lock, like you know, maybe somebody's going to go to him in the locker room. Like I don't know, like imagine, like middle stat, like bumps him on the shoulder, like yo, like you see on Twitter, like everybody's saying that you're like flaming the the you know front office for the high ticket prices and he's be like oh like i didn't i didn't mean that like i was just trying like but at the end of the day he's trying to connect with fans mm-hmm. so which he's done very effectively throughout his entire time in the nhl but especially since he's been here in buffalo and he is acknowledging like hey it's not cheap to go to a professional sporting event and when you pay a lot of money it's a point that maniac you've made many times is imagine you go you pay you know, upwards of like $150 or $200 to bring a family of four to a Buffalo Sabres game. And they get absolutely pumped by like the Canadians five to one on a Friday night. That's not a great product for your money. So I think he's just acknowledging that like, hey, we, it it costs a lot of money to come watch us play. We want to give the fans value for that. Whether he actually did, was aware of how expensive it is uh, for the average person to go to a game now or not, I think he did still have the point of like at least acknowledging, regardless of whether the tickets are twenty dollars or eighty-five dollars to sit in section three twenty-eight, it's still money that you are paying to watch this product. And if it's not good, you know he's taking responsibility for that, which is a good thing. Agreed. I think that it was an amazing move. I would almost label Alex Tuck the tribal chief of the Buffalo Sabers, even though he's not the captain. And real quick. Is this a top three, you said, a connecting move with the fans in the last decade from the Buffalo Sabres? An offhand comment for three seconds in a, in a TNT interview? Seriously. It, it honestly feels like it. Like, to, so all I'm saying is, that, you know, yeah. let, let's face it. At the end of the day, whether you're the Sabres front office, you have to like connecting with the fans, uh, bottom line, for sure. And that's your guy to do it, uh, obviously. Speaking of connecting with the fans, when this season started... I'm not going to lie. Even I had some reservations about my UPL predictions, my aspirations, my hopes. It's like, I hate to say it. I don't even have to tweet about the guy anymore. He's only played 10 games this season. He's five uh, with five wins. 
2.7 goals against and a 914 save percentage. And a serious body of work. That's including, you know, a, uh, a what a sub in performance where he did get shelled a little bit. So the numbers are obviously skewed a little bit there. But is there anything holding you guys back from thinking that UPL is him? I mean, Maniac, when we hitched our trailer to the UPL train over the summer, I might have been a little nervous. You know, I loved UPL, and I, I genuinely believed he's a good goaltender, but you just never know with goaltenders in the NHL. It's, it's a very, you know, volatile position where one year, one thing's great, the next year, the wheels just fall off completely. Hey, but look at us. Who would have thought UPL has just been on a absolute tear right now, and he's been such a common influence in that, and I think a big reason the Sabres team's been able to get some wins when they otherwise really didn't deserve it. Um, you look at previous years, the Sabres would win games 6-4, 6-5. If they were in that same position, you know, in net, this team would have a, a handful of wins at most. They would not be there. They've been winning a lot of close games. I mean, they won last night 3-2. Um, and they've just they, – they're playing a different style of hockey this year, and I think it's really also helping their goaltenders. It's not just a complete, you know, north-south battle down the ice with these crazy chances. Um, but yeah, UPL, he's been the guy. He's been so calm in that, moving really well, big, so happy about it, Maniac. And I, I think this is really good for our brand as well that, you know, UPL has been him. And we've we just, we've been riding this wave of success from uh, from old UP. But what about you, Vinny? What are your thoughts on the big man from Finland? I will continue to be the voice of pessimism about UPL. And, and, I, and I think, and I will start to change my tune a little bit as the year goes on, if his numbers continue to stay where they are. I think 10 is a reasonable sample size, mm. but I think part of the reason I don't, I'm not on the, I'm not buying into this right now is I don't think this three goalie system is a recipe for success. I don't see this working. And so as a result, I think it's fair that you can, I, I mean, basically you got to think about it. Almost every single time a goalie plays is a spot start. It's not like a real start for the most part. And I don't think we're getting realistic feel for what these goalies can or cannot do because when they come in, they're mostly fresh, which is good. Mm -hmm. And then they come in, they're mostly not on a roll, which is bad. And so you're, you're balancing all these different variables for these three different goalies. I mean, I'm fine with like a, you know, it's not really a 1A, 1B. It's more like a 2A, 2B situation right now because we can't find somebody that is a, even a 1 at this point. But I think this three-goalie system is not helping us to kind of figure things out. I think it's just mitigating problems for the time being while we just kind of sit on our hands. And I think eventually you're going to be forced to not sit on your hands anymore and point at somebody and – I don't know the Sabres are ready to do that. And I don't know if they were ready to do that, they'd be pointing at UPL right now just because of how inconsistent, not his play has been, but just the Sabres play has been in general and how they've handled this situation, which has been consistent, but consistently weird. I agree. I think it's been frustrating to a lot of people. And I agree with what you said. You can't go three goaltenders uh, forever. It's just not going to be. I mean, I think that my thinking right now and maybe the thinking of the organization it seems where they're placing people is that Comrie might be the 2a to you know Levi and UPL's combo 1a 1b I mean it just seems like they're hesitant to use Comrie given the fact that they have plenty of opportunities to do so but with that said I'm not hating on it again like I said I'm trusting the process if this is a situation where you know Comrie 
Levi, or even, I hate to say it, UPL has to be shuffled down to Rochester every so often so they can best manage the roster at the pro level. I think that's fine by me. But like you said, I think they have to do something with this three goaltender system. It's frustrating the goaltenders, even if they don't say it, even if they're both all testifying that, you know, they're all teammates and it's all hunky dory. Uh, I think that something needs to be addressed in the way they're running it for sure uh, in the long run. So uh, yeah, I'm glad we talked about that because obviously I think that's the prevailing issue with going forward and having success. I think the Sabres are playing well defensively. I think that, yeah, what we've been without Tage for now, what, like almost almost two weeks? It feels like a lifetime at this point. It, it does feel like a, it feels like a lifetime, but it's, it feels like it's been close to two weeks, yes. which means that yeah. theoretically we might be two to three weeks away from getting Tage back. Uh, but that brings us to our final topic here on the CSP episode five treading water brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Uh, playoff position. We just checked it before the show. Uh, uh, Gatesy, I think you said the Sabres are three points out of the wild card. The thing that uh, my biggest takeaway about this, and regardless of how they played the remainder of the year, versus last year, it felt like they just buried themselves. Even with the strong start, with that November slump, it just felt like there was so much you know, uphill of climb where it doesn't exist this year. You can absolutely play steady, consistent hockey over these next 60 games and expect to make the playoffs. If you're the Buffalo Sabres for maybe the first time in what, like three to four years since 2018, 2019, for sure. And I, th- I think every year before this, we've talked about the team needs to get hot at the right time to make the playoffs. They need to be on their uphill, uphill like swing because they've just always been, you know, a big roller coaster team or they'll win five, six games in a row and then they'll lose 10, like just right after another. And I think this year we're in a slightly different position where, you know, this team is still young. They're still a little streaky, especially scoring wise, but they've been more consistent in terms of, you know, the scoring, you know, in games, they've been playing a lot better defensively. They're getting that, that goal that they've desperately needed for years. And I think we're in a slum, somewhat different position where this team can kind of ride things out this year, gain a couple points here and there throughout the season, but they don't need this big, you know, win streak at the end of the year, like they needed last year to make the playoffs. This could be something that's a little more gradual throughout the season, they're just kind of in the hunt the entire time. It's not like, oh, we're in first place in the Atlantic after November. This is awesome. And then next thing you know, you're, you're six points out of a wild card spot by by Valentine's Day. It's like it's a hopefully a different thing this year. We have a little bit more consistency and we can just kind of ride this thing throughout the season and hopefully make it a little bit more, you know, real like we know what this team actually looks like. Yeah, I mean, I think the the episode is titled very appropriately. And I think mm-hmm. that's if you can tread water until you get back to a lineup that has Tage Thompson and Jack Quinn in it, you will probably see a boost in your overall offensive production because you're getting talent back in your top two lines. Maybe you put the kids' line back together with Cousins, Paterka, and Quinn. Maybe Cousins then gets hot a little bit again. Mm-hmm. If you can get Cousins to start producing – then you're now bumping middle stat back down to what I'll, I guess I'll call the third line, even though middle stat's more talented. Like, I don't know. Now you have good problems. Now, yes. at this current point in time, we have bad problems. We have players that aren't producing that we kind of feel obligated to keep in the lineup. We are going to hopefully, I say we, I'm not on the team. The Sabres are hopefully going to have good problems going forward when you get your talented players back in the lineup. If you can get T- Thompson back on the top line, you put Tuck, Skinner, and Thompson together, bang, that's a number one line in the NHL. Okay, line number two, maybe it's Middlestat, maybe it's Cousins, but one of those players is now getting a little bit more help when mm-hmm. Quinn comes back, and Paterka now has Quinn to work with. Now these players find success, and that should have, to use a little bit of like Ronald Reagan terminology, I guess, a trickle-down effect on the rest of the team. And while, you know, it's not politics, it's hockey, it's, it's certainly going to be something that I think the team is looking forward to 
maybe getting some depth scoring as a result of their top line production. Love the Sabernomics. Sabernomics are amazing. Trickle down effect there. Um, Hey, speaking of trickling down, thank you for trickling down and checking out Crossing Swords Pod episode five. But before we go, let me put our panel to the test real quick here. And I'll start with Captain Pessimism, Vinny Cristiano. We have 18 games remaining in the year of 2023. What will be the Sabres record in those 18 games? Let me pull out my little portable schedule magnet card here. There so you go. Portable schedule there. magnet card. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think, again, injuries, not great. Now, even though we talked about maybe a lack of production, with Gergensen's out for an unknown amount of time, you now are missing three of your starters on your NHL roster. Not a great look, um, especially with two of them being the two players I just mentioned in that offensive production. So we've just passed um, the uh, Thanksgiving mark as I'm eventually now finding the calendar. That, so that, that portable magnet schedule is really doing work for you over there. It doesn't there. have any – it just has games. We just passed dates. the Thanksgiving mark. <laughs> you guys remember the that holiday was a couple days ago. Yeah, you remember that one? Yeah, so they play on the road a lot this week. They have – about five games on the road now, including tonight's game against New Jersey. And they play good teams. They play the Rangers. They play Pittsburgh again the following Saturday. And I think the Penguins are going to know, like, they're going to come out flying and not want to give up that lead in that third period. But the Penguins still have had a little bit of trouble so far this season. By the Um, way, I didn't tweet it out. I didn't tweet it out, but real quick, this is the second time consecutively in November that the Penguins blew a two-goal lead to the Sabres in Buffalo. If you remember, the same thing happened last year, even though they weren't down two at the start of the third period. Mm -hmm. So with that said, they then have a long homestand. And the Sabres weren't great at home last year. They got a home home win in regulation last night, but that was definitely something they needed to have fixed. Um, Or I should say long homestand. They have home games like three out of four are at home before a couple more on the road and then the end of the month, mostly at home before a Thanksgiving Eve game. I'm hoping that we can put together some wins, but we play a lot of good teams in this range. I can foresee the Sabres going something like eight, eight and one, or I'm sorry, I did the math wrong. Eight, eight and two over that time. Um, And I think that's not the end of the world, but I think you need to string wins together and I don't know, unless we figured something out with this, you know, comeback win over the Penguins, I don't know they're going to be able to do that consistently, given all the variables that we've that we've talked about. And then that's, you know, 500 is not really great. Um, that's not really treading water. That's kind of your ears are, are under the surface there. Um, hopefully then your lifeguard in Tage the Pterodactyl Thompson can throw you a little buoy and then you pop up and Quinn pulls you off on the raft and, Sengus Gergensen drives the ski boat, you know, back to the shore, and then we're then we're uh, back in the wind column. But yeah, I'm gonna be. I am gonna continue the the pessimism uh, for a moment with that 500 record. Way to stick to your brand, Gatesy. What do you got? Yeah, I think I'm riding a little bit here with Professor uh, Pessimism, just a little bit. With the Sabers has this tough schedule coming up, and so much is in flux with just this roster. You have new guys coming in, coming out every single night. It feels like. And I'd be happy with the team going 9-8-1 and one in the stretch. I'd be so happy with it. You know, they're, again, staying consistent. Like, if, if we had the team go, what, have 13 wins in this time, I don't think that's sustainable for the rest of the year, and there's going to be a crash eventually. Uh, but, yeah, I think staying around that 500 number now, 
get things figured out. And then after the January 1st, hopefully everyone's healthy, knock on wood, team's going well. At that point, I think you can really put the pressure on, go from that point out into the, you know, the back half of the year. And this team really finds their group. Because I think right now they're still trying to find that team identity a little bit. You saw last night they came back. They're starting to find that, you know, a bit more as we go on through the season. But again, I think getting these young guys in is going to help that. If they can get to 10 wins in this time, I think that's just incredible. And we should really be just super happy as fans for that. Let me yes. add something quickly before I go. I was I, I did make the calendar, the pocket calendar, not as efficient as I thought it was going to be. That Pittsburgh game is January 6th. I was looking November, January, not November, December. My point still stands, Rhett. You have Montreal at home next week, but Montreal's a team that has a couple of talented players on it. Um, so I, I, I'm going to correct my error from a couple moments ago. We do not play the Pittsburgh Penguins again until the month of January. So disregard my point about the Penguins wanting to beat us next Saturday. They will not be playing us next Saturday. Tage has been out 11 days so far uh, since he got hurt. So if we extrapolate that another two weeks or so, that puts him back about halfway through this run of 18 games. So here's my prediction. 18 games for the non-Tage games, we're going to play at one point per game, similar to what you guys said. But when we get Tage back, we are going to get a little boost. I'm expecting nine, six, and three. And that's going to be frustrating for Sabres fans because they're going to think we left you know points on the table in those overtime games. But I think fans would be very happy with 21 points over the next 18 games, uh, given that Tage Thompson will be missing. But don't be missing any episodes of the Crossing Swords pod here with our panel, intern Vinny, Gatesy, and myself. Follow them at vcristiano3, Gatesy35, and myself at Zach Sheldon. Because remember, this is the show where, listen, sometimes our signals do get crossed, but our swords always are. Let's go Sabres. 